Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerefil enbiyeyi ve mursalin. Muhammed ve Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve ala aleyhi ve sellem. Teslimin kathirin kathirin. Ama bazı. My brothers and sisters, we know the hadith about Sadaqa Jariya. Where Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem said that three, that when a person dies, all his actions end. Except three. What are the three? One of them is Saleh. So, children who are Salehin, who are good, who are pious. Second one is knowledge that is transmitted, something of benefit which is transmitted. And third is some action of charity of an ongoing kind. <coughs> All these three are beneficial because the person worked on them. The person invested in these during his lifetime. Right? Knowledge, knowledge and action of ongoing charity is easy to understand because obviously if you did not build the hospital, if you did not build a school, it would not be there. So you built it, therefore you are getting benefit from it. So also knowledge, if you have not acquired the knowledge, if you have not taught the thing, then you would not have got benefit. So you acquired it, you taught it. But what about children? What about children? What is our investment in our children? And when I say investment, let me first make it very clear. Feeding them, housing them, giving them clothes is not investment. You do this also to your cat. You do this also to your any pet you have, to your bird, right? You feed it, you house it, you clean up after it. So this is not this this is necessary. It has to be done. Investment is what investment is investing in the intellectual, the spiritual, the mental capabilities and abilities of the child. So I want to ask you to ask yourself. You don't have to answer me. I want to ask you to ask yourself, what are you doing? with respect to the investment in your children which will make them sadaqa jariya for you after you die. This is the world of cause and effect. Allah said, There is for the human being nothing more than what he works for. So it won't happen automatically. It will happen if we work for this. I'll give you a couple of examples. Just yesterday I saw a beautiful example of parenting. I saw one of our, there was this wedding here two days ago, right? So I came yesterday for Zohar, and, uh, which is the day after the wedding, and I saw one of our sisters, along with her was her daughter. Now they were not the people who organized the wedding. They were not the people who were even related to the people who got married. Nothing. But those two, along with, of course, the wedding uh, managers, the people who, who did the organization of the wedding, meaning the decoration and all that, that was a Christian lady, Macedonian. So that Christian lady and this sister of ours and her daughter, they were cleaning the social home, completely cleaning the floor, taking off the red tape and everything. I mean, that place has not looked so clean <laughs> I think ever. Beautiful work. 
and both of them, mother and daughter, the question to ask is why? Obviously, nobody is paying them. It's not even their function. It's not even to say that, okay, you know, we did this function, our family function, so I have some moral responsibility. No, nothing. What is the message? What is the what is the message being taught to that little girl? I always say this. I say this all the time. Children listen with their eyes, not with their ears. They listen with their eyes. They don't care what you say until they see what you do. We all say good things. You should never lie. You should never cheat. You should never do this, this, this. Then we do whatever we do. May Allah protect us. And the children are seeing, oh, this is daddy. He told me never lie, but now he's doing something here. This is mom. Mom said never talk to anybody with an arrogant tone, but this is what she's doing. <laughs> Investing in children consists of two things. One is, it's a factor of time. How much time do you spend with your children? So ask yourself this question. How much time do you spend with your children? And by spending time again, I don't mean, you know, like for example, many of you here are business people. You have a shop, the child is also, your son is also, daughter is also working in the shop, you are also there. You are sitting there, he's sitting there. This is not spending time. Just transactional. Or you bring the child to the masjid, that child is running around somewhere, you are praying, you don't know where he is, what he is. Then he's gone out to the gym. Maybe you go there. This is not, this is not, please understand this. This does not mean spending, this is not what goes with the, with the title of spending time with children. So remove all this. Then what time do you spend with the children? It's not a question of saying both of us are at home. You are also home, child is also home. No. I have another friend, Malaysian people. He is the he is the official photographer of Arsenal, the football club, and uh, they live in in uh, New Zealand. Right now, he and his son, his son is Hafiz Quran. He and his son, his son must be under twenty. I mean, eighteen or ninety. He and his son are in Germany, they just climbed the highest mountain in mountain peak in Germany. The father is an, is, is an Ironman athlete as well. Hmm? From New Zealand to Germany. It's not a matter of money. You might say, I, I don't have the money to go from New Zealand. People who have the money still don't do it. I'll give my example of no money. All through my childhood until I came into, you know, almost until I finished college, my father had a standard practice. My father would bring books and he would give me the book. And all kinds of books. I'm not talking about some religious texts or something, all sorts of books. He would give me the book, then he would say, then he would come back after two or three days. He would say, did you finish the book? My father himself used to read at least simultaneously two books, sometimes three. So I also have the same habit now after, after all these years, but those times. So you bring the book, give, give me the book. So I'd say, yes, I, I read the book. Okay. So what did you learn? 
So the first time I responded after that, I didn't do the same response. But first time I responded, I told him, this is what the author is saying. He said, no, 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 I'm not asking you what is the author. I, I read the book before you. I know what the author is saying. What is you are learning? What did you get from this book? So now when I read the book, I am reading it with a different perspective. I know he's going to ask me. So I read the book with a different, different perspective. Automatically, you get into the habit of taking notes because you can't remember everything. So I started writing notes. Got that habit. No money involved. How much does the book cost? Nothing, practically, you know. Few rupees those days doing in India. It's not a question of money. Question of, then he would sit. In the evening we had this ritual in the, in those, very hot those days and no air conditioning or anything. So in the garden they used to sprinkle water and then we would sit, they would put a circle of chairs and five children, my father and mother, we would sit there. And my father would recite poetry of Allah Akbar. My father knew literally, I don't know, maybe a couple of thousand Ashar. He knew the whole uh, Shikwa, Jawa, Shikwa, the whole thing, right? And uh, so he would recite Akbar's poetry. Now th think about this. The people sitting there, I was the oldest and at that time I must have been 10 years old. So all the others were younger. So you might say, what kind of thing is this? You are reciting the poetry of Allah Akbar to a five-year-old kid? Yes. And there was no, uh, there was no question of, you know, oh, this little child is running around here. And there. No, no, you sit here. You sit here, you listen. You understand, you don't understand, you sit here and you listen. This is the, this is what is happening here. And then, some of the words of Allah Akbar's poetry is not very easy. Some of the words of Allah Akbar's poetry which were difficult, my mother would, would clarify. She was also a scholar, so she would clarify those words. All this conversation happening, very adult conversation happening with little kids. Then we would listen to the radio. Those days no t TV and so on. Radio. So we would listen to the radio. Those days we used to get BBC and Voice of America, VOC. And this was the beginning of the Philistine issue. My father used to say, if Allah gives me the ability, I want to go to Philistine and work there. He was a doctor, physician. So I would like to go there and work in the in the uh, refugee camps as a doctor. And he would explain. So I learned about the whole Philistine thing when I was 10 years old. 50 years ago. Hmm? Whole evening would go. Then we would go inside and into the house and we would have uh, dinner. Then he would take us, me and my brother, he would take us to bands, to lectures. Now, I don't know, in, in Pakistan it must be the same thing. In our country, a bayan was not considered to be a proper bayan unless it was for three hours. If somebody gave a ban for one and a half hours, people would come and say, You know, I, are you not well today? Something is wrong. How are you? Three hours, people were satisfied. Okay, this is a proper <coughs> evening spent. They would all have, they would all start after Salatul Maghrib. After Isha. So Isha would be around nine o'clock. <coughs> after Isha, ban starts. By the time it finishes, it is around twelve o'clock. My father would take me and my brother, we would go. 
no carpets and stuff sitting on a stone floor on the masjid and the adab you can't move none of this is all baraka of america seriously i mean i'm telling you this is if we do not learn the adab of islam we cannot succeed it's not a matter of pakistani culture indian culture some culture. this is the adab of islam <clears throat> and no child is born with this knowledge they have to be taught it is a job of parents to teach it is a job of elders to teach so very important the reason i'm telling you all these stories is because you know we this is our asset this asset is something which will benefit us after we are dead children are not just about this is a this is the most valuable asset our children are the most valuable asset that we have there is nothing better than this provided we use the asset if you just trash it then what can you do wait that can't help you right so i request you analyze your time analyze your day ask yourself how much time am i spending with my children create the time take them sit with them talk to them and believe me that challenges you because now okay so now i got my child come sit here now for the next 2 hours then what what will you do in 2 hours you must have something to do right all of this is very important it challenges you it develops you and it develops the child so it's very important to please pay attention to this take the time and as i told you it doesn't take money it, it just attention just attention just focus on doing the right thing or doing something which is beneficial we ask allah subhanahu wa taala to help us to raise children who are an asset to us and who will become a means of sadaqa jariya for us when we are gone wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya rahman